Can the current sprint car ecosystem support two national series like the late model side does? We'll dive into some numbers today and talk through a few hypothetical situations. Plus, an Ohio Speed Week mainstay announces its intentions for next year and more. Let's go. It's Wednesday, October 25th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Uh, let's give away these BAPS tickets uh, right off the top today. Uh, back on the Monday Emergency Daily Show about the High Limit All-Star acquisition, we gave folks the chance to enter for these tickets by just leaving a comment. Uh, that gave them a chance at two free general admission tickets and two souvenir t-shirts for the November 11th Les Stewart Sprint Showdown at BAPS. Uh, that is in central Pennsylvania. The 410 Sprint Car Race will pay $25,000 to the winner, and it's the largest purse in the track's history. The winner of the tickets is, drumroll please, Shane McDonald. He commented that work has kept him away from sprint car shows this year, so let's fix that. Uh, drop me an email, Shane, at info at dirttracker.com, and we will get you hooked up. Thanks to everybody who participated in the contest. Hopefully, we'll get to do it again soon. Uh, you can grab tickets for November 11th at bapsmotorspeedway.com. Uh, now that we know officially that High Limit has acquired the All-Stars, the attention is going to shift to other things now, like the schedule and what teams are going to compete. Uh, and until further notice, when we have a better, uh, you know, until we have a better idea of what things are going to be called, I'm just going to refer to this thing as high limit. So it's high limit, the all-stars high limit. I'm not going to call them separate things. It's just high limit. So if you hear me say that I'm referring to the merged version of this, uh, I do have a high limit schedule news item to get to today. So we'll do that in a bit. But first I want to talk through a few things and go kind of stream of consciousness when it comes to teams and cars. One of the things we've heard through some of this high limit conversation is the comparison to the late model side of the sport. The late models have more high-paying races, and that community has found a way to support two national tours. Uh, and, and that's true. Uh, like I said on the Monday show, there are some other things I think at play on the late model side that don't get talked about enough, like how the Lucas Oil Company has subsidized uh, their side for, you know, for quite a long time. And I think with a new regime, a regime in charge at Lucas, though, we've seen that company really pare down their motorsport involvement. And you have to wonder what that means for the future uh, for that late model series, but we'll leave that conversation for another day. For this show, something I've had a bunch of conversations with industry friends about is the difference in the number of available teams on the sprint car side versus the late model one, and if sprint car racing really can support two big series. Late model racing as a whole just seems bigger and more pervasive, but I wanted to look at a few numbers to see if that's actually true at the national level. First, using the heat race stats, I pulled a list together of the total number of drivers that competed between Lucas and the Outlaws versus the All-Stars and the Outlaws on the sprint car side. And I did this using uh, all of the stats I have available at dirttracker.com slash analytics. And the numbers overall, pretty similar for 2023. 524 lay model drivers versus 510 sprint car drivers. 180 guys ran with both late model series and 201 ran with both sprint car series. That would seem to suggest that at least on a nightly basis, you'll have decent fields regardless. And if we look at average field size for every race I have in the dirttracker.com analytics database, things do look a little bit better on the late model side. Since 2020, Lucas has averaged around 45 cars per night, while since 2019, the outlaw late models have averaged about 38 per night. If we look at the sprint car side, since 2017, the outlaw sprint car is averaging 35 and a half cars a night. And going back through 2019, the All-Stars have averaged 36. So the late model side, uh, definitely on average, doing a little bit better on a per night basis for total uh, field size. Where this goes a bit awry, though, for the sprint cars is the full-time list. Lucas had basically 14 full-time teams in 2023, while the Outlaw late models had 15. 
So that's, I mean, that's 29. That's basically 30 teams between the two, uh, you know, national tours here. And this isn't a straight comparison on the sprint car side because the All-Stars, they're not national. They're a regional series. And it's, it's not great, though, because the full-time list, much smaller. The Outlaws have 13 or 14, depending on Bill Rose's status, but the All-Star field, much smaller, just around seven teams. And that seven includes J.J. Hickel and Tim Schaefer, who ran most of the All-Star races, but in different cars, so a lot more ambiguous there. If you add that up, that's only 20 cars, and of those 20, not all are capable of running a larger schedule, and now uh, one that will potentially include trips to the West Coast. Rumors are that the Outlaws are trying to keep a West Coast swing on their 2024 slate of races, and you have to believe that High Limit is looking at one as well. I have a hard time believing that the Gold Cup won't flip from Outlaw Sanction to High Limit with Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson and Colby Copeland in charge at Silver Dollar. Why would the guys that own the series and that event and track not put those two together? That will mean two coast-to-coast series. And how many sprint car teams are prepared and have the resources to do that type of run? I think that list is a lot smaller than we realize. You've obviously got the 13 or so outlaw drivers that did it in 2023. And you can add in a few others who have that capability. You talk about, uh, you know, Rico Abreu. But I think that's if you can convince him to join a full tour, which I'm not sure of at this point. Uh, Zeb Wise and Rudine, we saw them do it. And then probably the Crouch car or some version of the Crouch team. You know, this year it was Corey Eliason and Brenham Crouch. What that team looks like for the future, I'm not sure. But we know they have the capability. From there, anyone else you add to that list would be a change or a significant jump up. We've seen others travel west. Ryan Timms, Chase Randall, Austin McCarl come to mind, but not as series full-timers. And Tyler Courtney is racing California, but not with the 7BC. And there are others who could do it. You know, Brent Marks, Anthony Macri back in the 39M, both of those are effectively outlawed level teams, but that would definitely be outside their usual territory and their usual comfort zone. I'm not sure we can talk ourselves into a list of 20 sprint car teams who are ready to go California to Pennsylvania to Florida for 60 or 70 races. Hypothetic, uh, hypothetically, if it's, say, 16 teams, that would mean that you would have eight on each side if they were somehow able to split them evenly between the two series. And are we good with two national tours that have eight full-time drivers and maybe three on each side who will be seriously competing nightly for victories? Drop me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are on this one. This is going to be something that's going to continue coming up here in the next weeks and months as teams start trying to decide what it is they're going to do in 2024. As for the schedule, a big question, on, uh, at least on, you know, from the All-Star side, is what happens with Ohio Sprint Speed Week? And at least one race we know will go high limit. Jeff Niddle posted to Facebook yesterday uh, that the Dean Niddle Memorial, which has closed out Speed Week with a big payday, will be sanctioned high limit for 2024. The race has been at Portsmouth, but Niddle didn't share any other details like the track or specific date on the calendar in his post. I've heard rumors of Ohio tracks talking amongst themselves about the future of Speed Week, so we'll see if this move by the Niddle will pull others in that same direction. A couple of other news items for you. We talked yesterday about Will Harrington's move to the Barry Wright house car on the late model side of things, and it didn't take JCM Motorsports long to announce Harrington's replacement. Spencer Hughes will be the new driver of the team's number 19 cars starting this weekend at the National 100 at East Alabama. Hughes had spent the past few seasons as the PCC Motorsports driver out full-time with Lucas, but that team announced here not long ago that they would be scaling back following the Dirt Track World Championship at Eldora, and that Hughes was a free agent. JCM is an Alabama-based team, and while we have seen them make a few scattered national touring starts, they remain mostly around the Southeast in 2023. Uh, They ran full-time with the Hunt the Front series. Nothing was announced in terms of a schedule for next year, but I would venture a guess and say they'll stick to something similar to what they did this season. 
Also, uh, we uh, now know that Jeff Strzok is the new promoter for Davenport Speedway in Iowa. It was announced last night via a Dunright TV podcast that Strzok is taking over and he'll handle the weekly racing, which will remain IMCA-sanctioned at Davenport. Strzok is a local businessman and street stock racer, and he's taking over after the departure of Ricky and Brenda Kay. The Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds general manager, Sean Loader, is working on late model special events uh, and facility improvements like a new sound system and scoreboard. Uh, the late model special events at Davenport this past season include the Flow Series, Lucas, uh, World of Outlaws late models. So a lot of uh, potential races there for, uh, for Davenport that could be on that special event side. Uh, around the other Dirt Racing podcast this week, Winged Nation has David Gravel, Tim Crawley, and Lance DeWeese. Passing Points also has Tim Crawley. Dirt Tracks and Ribrax has Zane DeVault. Hoagie's Garage has Jade Avedisian and Todd Quiring. Do Much on Dirt has Jackson Wellman, and there are new episodes of Loud Pedal, The Dirt Reporters, The Dirt Nerds, Dirt Track Confessions, and Dirt Track Weekly. To see a full rundown of all of these shows with links uh, to listen, head over to dirttracker.com slash podcasts. That's it for the day today. Stop by dirttracker.com, see today's news, plus the streaming schedule, and a whole lot more. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.